Hi, welcome to The Bug Plug, a podcast about all things insects, arachnids, arthropods, creepies, and crawlies. I'm Kaylee, and today we're looking at some recent bug articles. First, I do apologize if you hear the dogs in the background. I'm about to leave town for several days and I just don't have the heart to kick them out when I'm about to leave them, so sorry about that. Um, So the wasps are gone. Last week I told you that there's a wasp nest on my front porch and my door was covered in wasps. My sweet husband went and removed the nest and then I took down the wreath because they were like in it. And since then I've only seen one wasp, but I saw a video about wasps that made me sad. So like right now the queen wasps are laying eggs, you know, to be the new generation of queens and then they're dying. So the worker wasps are really purposefulless, purposeless, uh, homeless and just looking for sugar sources to survive. Then they'll start dying out in the next few weeks. And it seems so sad that their last weeks are spent so stressfully. It almost made me feel bad for removing them from my door, but I really don't want to fight them every time I come or go for the next couple of weeks. And then like once the wasps were gone, a frog moved in. He hangs out by my front door and is a much preferred front door guest compared to the wasps. He's very cute, but we have had a talk about not eating the orb weaver. That was, you know, also a new resident of my front porch. So we'll see how that goes. The orb weaver on the in the garden is still there. She's still huge. I accidentally got her with the hose last night and her legs kind of curled up. And I was terrified that I killed her, but I think she was just mad because um, she's, today I checked on her, she's back at it. Um, so yeah, everything's good. Final personal update. I was convinced I would get a call to schedule my operation last week, but I didn't. So fingers crossed for this week. Uh, but I haven't t- had time to write like those filler episodes that I talked about, so maybe I need to get that done sooner rather than later. If you're confused, go back and listen to last week's episode. It's a whole thing. I'm not going to get into it again. Okay, so here we are, the last Sunday in August. Pumpkin spice lattes are here. We're headed to the months at Inden Burr, and I'm the happiest I've been since the weather hit 100 degrees all the way back in like April. Summer is not for me. I thrive from like fall to the beginning of spring. Once it gets to like 90 or higher every day, I have like the opposite of seasonal depression. I don't want to go outside. I don't want to do anything. I have no energy. Anyway, welcome. I'm very happy to be ushering out August. So let's dive into some bug articles that came out in the last couple of weeks. The first one I want to talk about is... You good? The first one I want to talk about is referencing the kissing bug. We learned about them all the way back in August of last year. And it's kind of funny. I've started seeing them in my backyard in the last week or so. So it just feels like very topical personally. I've seen them in my backyard, but then like my apple tree had some kissing bug eggs on it this last week. I knocked them off with a blast of the hose because I don't want them around. Um, Partly because kissing bugs have been known to cause something called Chagas disease. And the article we're going to cover talks about new research into the parasite that causes the disease. 
So the parasite name is a hard one. I think it's pronounced Trypanosoma cruzi. I think I killed that. I think that's right. The disease, unless the parasite that causes it, are on the rise in North America, and it causes like serious heart and digestive problems, leading to long-term mobility issues, and then finally death. It is a chronic condition. Once you have it, you have it forever. Researchers at the University of Cincinnati are looking into the parasite's life cycle and what makes them so resilient. So if you look at their life, they spend it in a lot of different environments and conditions, and the fact that they thrive is kind of bizarre. So the point of the research is to make better targeted drugs to kill the parasite and better treat Chagas disease before it can cause like serious lifelong problems. They're also, you know, looking to see if they can do something to stop the parasite's life cycle as a whole. So um, this is actually very super important research as Chagas disease is most prevalent in poorer areas with less access to medical resources and kissing bugs are attracted to older homes not in as good repair which is disproportionately affecting lower incomes. So by creating a better targeted drug we may see an end to Chagas disease in the next several years which is really exciting. So they're looking at the life cycle as a whole so that one they can maybe cut it off somewhere you know if the eggs are here then maybe we can target here and get rid of the eggs before they hatch um, in people maybe we can target a few things to keep it from spreading there's a lot of potential here and it's really really exciting the next article i want to look at uh, focuses on fungus gnats as pollinators so we typically think of fungus gnats as like major pests, but new research is looking into their benefits as pollinators, which I think is super interesting. I know I've talked before about how anything that goes plant to plant can act as a pollinator, but the gnats are so small and they typically don't go between several different plants. They were found to be really great pollinators for one specific flower group, but as we do more research into fungus gnats as pollinators, we may find that they're doing more good than harm. With the focus on pollinators the last several years, I think the research into other pollinators that people don't immediately think of is super important for better understanding everybody's roles in our ecosystem, and then also ensuring that everybody can still do their role as the world changes. Um, we, I feel like are at a point where we're going to start seeing how things work in a way that we didn't know because the things are going to go away. So like the fungus gnats, if we get rid of the fungus gnats, this one particular flower may not be pollinated. And while it doesn't sound like that's a bad thing, if something else is surviving off of that flower and it goes away, I mean, it affects the whole ecosystem. So. I think that that sort of research is really, really cool. The last article I want to talk about this month is super exciting. It's titled Transforming Flies into Biodegradable Plastic. Very exciting. So here's what the research, here's why the research started. Basically, natural biodegradable sources of plastic alternatives typically cut into human needs. So think things like food sources, things that we use for construction, transportation, that sort of thing. 
So they started looking into waste products, like to use as plastic sources. But then they specifically started looking at waste from farming black soldier flies. So the fly's larva is really useful in like animal feed as a high source of protein. And then the larva also consumes a lot of waste products. So they're beneficial to farm, but then once they reach adulthood, they could be used to breed to make more larva, but then they really serve no purpose. Sorry, my computer just made a noise. I hate when that happens. Um, so the adults really don't have a purpose after laying eggs. So those adult carcasses can apparently be used to make products thanks to the high amounts of chitin. We know all about chitin. It's exciting to see people innovating how we get more uses out of things that we're already throwing away. Like we're already breeding the flies and instead of just throwing, this is really morbid, but instead of just throwing the bodies away, it's really cool that we can take that and do something with it. I for one would love to see plastic alternatives made out of dead bugs. Um, we're getting to a point, especially here in the US where we're seeing that bugs are more useful. Um, I've seen a lot more people this last summer kind of going against the traditional lawn and letting wildflowers and just sort of whatever grows out there grow. Um, I've seen a lot fewer people talking about pesticides and spraying their yards. Um, I've seen a lot more people with wildflower gardens. So we're already sort of looking at our environment and what we can do to make a small change. And if switching over to bug-based plastics is something that we could do. I feel like we're, as a country, kind of lining up for things like that, which is really cool. This is an incredible innovation. Not that I think that the flies are gonna take over the whole plastics industry because it's a huge industry, but finding unique alternatives is, is really gonna be key to getting us off of plastics, I think. But what do I know? I'm not an environmental scientist. I just talk about bugs. All right, friends, I'm going to end that one here. A lot of really good things came out of August's scientific articles in the bug world. Not to get too, like, hippie, but it feels nice to close out the summer and August as a whole with really positive news. I hate summer. I hate August. It's my least favorite month. It's just so dang hot. And so it's kind of nice to think, like, yeah, we're moving on. And we're moving on positively. I'll see you next week as we enter the Burr months and Kaylee's most favorite time of the year. Thank you so much for learning with me today. I'll see you next time here on the Bug Plug Podcast. Mm -hmm.